Greenlight Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for NFL Week 5, a one-show week for us this week. We'll be back to our two-show-a-week format next week. But we're going to integrate last uh, our Tuesday show with our Friday show. We'll talk about a little bit of the uh, games as we get in there, uh, as we break down and get into our mutuals this week. But uh, entertaining week five, a handful of really, really good games on the slate here. Uh, so it, it should be fun to get into that. Are you ready to get into some football this week, Achilles? Yeah, you know, I'm excited. Uh, before we decided to mesh our shows together, uh, I was really somber uh, based off last week's results, but now I'm really cheery. So uh, let's do this. All right. So you mentioned it. Uh, you know, if we had done Tuesday show, it would have been sad Achilles, uh, but we're doing Friday show. So it's it probably sort of happy Achilles. He probably can't love, love how they're playing right now, but the Rams ended up uh, beating the Seahawks uh, on Thursday night football, really tough matchup. Uh, I, I don't think if you looked at the, you know, sort of preseason outlook, that would have been a game uh, the Rams would have marked to be favored in uh, going into on a short week uh, into Seattle. But, uh, you know, they started out real, real slow, uh, found their groove there a little bit in the second half. Uh, you know, Geno Smith came in, uh, played okay, and then did Geno Smith things and threw a pick uh, there at the end to give the Rams the win. Uh, we'll combine it, uh, the Rams, the last two games, uh, you know, I, I thought they really, really played poor versus the Cardinals. You thought it was coming. I did not see it coming. I, I thought they'd uh, sort of just roll through this whole regular season and be uh, a 14 and two. Well, I guess it can't be 14 and three <laughs> uh, team, uh, I guess. 14 and three, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess 15 and two would be ridiculous to say. So, yeah, I, can't, I think so. <laughs> I can't really. Uh, fathom that but uh 13 and 4 sounds too uh weak i i don't know my brain is molded into 16 game seasons so four losses uh seems bad but uh I, I thought it'd be a 13 and 4 you know uh 14 and 3 type season for them and uh, just a disappointing loss at home to that arizona team they didn't play well defense looked uh i i don't quite know how to qualify it but looked soft i'd say they just give up uh yardage both on the ground they got destroyed on the ground uh versus the arizona cardinals and they do their thing where they give up you know a little bit of you know eight yard pass eight yard pass eight yard pass and let people work their way down the field so you know that's disappointing it it didn't look a whole lot better this week uh, defensively. Uh, they were running the ball pretty nicely. They did get a good fourth down stop, I, I thought, on the Seahawks in the first half. And uh, then they found their offense there. But uh, what do you make of the Rams so far this season? Uh, you know, so far, I, I have to say, even though I'm impressed with the way the season started off, um, it's starting to at least become a little clear as to what we, what I at least kind of expected, which is, a bit of a regression from where they were at the beginning of the season. They start off so hot. Uh, I mean, Matthew Stafford looked like he was, uh, you know, at least an MVP candidate the way he was playing. Uh, but things have started to slow down for the entire team, um, especially on offense. Uh, defensively, last year they were the best defense in the NFL. And I think a lot of people expected, you know, somewhat of the same. But 
they had so many departures during defense during uh, the offseason that I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were last year, even though they didn't lose any of the key players, you know, like the Donalds and the Ramseys. They lost a lot of role-playing guys, guys that really kept that unit, you know, whole, uh, so to speak, like the glue, you know, in that defense. Uh, but they're starting to kind of, you know, get their get their mojo going. But they're still not going to be as good as they were last season. Uh, and it's concerning. And we talked about it during the first couple of weeks. They definitely showed that they were one of those defenses that bends, you know, doesn't always break. The issue, you know, kind of uh, going back to the Cardinals offense, how we said that, they're really good offense, but they depend too much on the big playmaking, uh, you know, players and their big plays uh, on, on offense. It doesn't always work that way. And same thing for the defense. It's not always going to work that way either for the defense. So you can bend as much as you want. Eventually you're going to break. And when you do, it's going to cost you like it did the Rams last week. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was watching last Sunday's matchup. I was watching, you know, this week's matchup and uh you know, it, it sort of sort of struck me, you know, Raheem Morris took over as the defensive coordinator. He's a guy who got to start uh, really sort of out of Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, he, he Tony Dungy hired him, but when Tony Dungy left, uh, John Gruden kept him on. But he has a lot of that Tampa 2 style, uh, you know, cover 2 soft zone defense, uh, not to give up explosive plays. And, you know, really... Uh, this Rams team sort of reminded me a little bit of those Colts teams in the, you know, mid-2000s. Not the early ones that Peyton Manning was on where they had no defense and was just all offense. It, it was more that one with Freeney and Mathis were there. Bob Sanders was in the backfield. And, and you know, they, they were similar in that, you know, they could dominate defensively at times, but it helped if the Colts got up and got a big lead, and then you could play that soft style of zone. And, you know, it, it, it seems similar to that. I, I don't think that offense is quite as good as the Colts offense, you know, back in those days, but those Colts offenses were, you know, historically good. Uh, but the thing that concerns me with that is when you get in the playoffs, like you saw with those Colts teams, it becomes a little bit more matchup based when you get in those playoff matchups. So if you get one of those heavy pass rush teams like uh, you saw it in the Cardinals, uh, who can really sort of put pressure on the quarterback, your offense doesn't quite as hum, you don't get up on that lead, so your defense sort of bend but don't break is giving up yards, you don't have the ball. I think that's probably what concerns me the most because I thought this team would blitz through the regular season and then, you know, probably win at least two playoff games if they got the bye, you know, one playoff games and be there for that uh, – you know, uh, NFC finals matchup. And I don't know if it's going to be quite as easy as I thought uh, right now this year from what I'm seeing. And now I'm a little scared if they hit one of those teams that has, you know, a real, real big pass rush can sort of disrupt that offense. Maybe this defense can't do the sort of shutdown thing that they sort of did last year. I mean, they won that playoff game last year, just totally based on their defense shutting down that Seattle Seahawks uh, team. So I think that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit here. Yeah, you know, the Rams have been pretty flat over the last couple of weeks, especially on offense. You look at Matthew Stafford and some of the questions that I had coming into the season are starting to, you know, perk their ears again. Um, you know, I heard all the good things. I know that he had all the, all the skills and he had all the throws. He could do with just about everything. He just never had a good team around him. I heard all those. You know, my concern was how is he going to play once he gets, you know, in a Rams uniform and once he's considered to be on a elite team. 
uh, as the Rams were considered to be. And I have to say, I'm still concerned. You know, I, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's very talented, but I'm concerned. There's a few things I've seen that, you know, give me at least a little bit of pause, um, especially on deep shots. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but over the last couple of weeks, it seems like he's struggling to get the ball deep. Yeah, it seems he, like he's every, been every real erratic ball. on it. Now, he, he hit the big win with uh, Jackson uh, last night. But but even that, even that yeah. was underthrown. Oh, it was. Uh, uh, now, he was hit, you know, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, he was hit. So there's an excuse there. But that wasn't the only throw, you know, the only deep throw he attempted. And it, it seems like the deeper he goes, either he loses arm strength or he loses accuracy, uh, which is probably, you know, a little bit concerning going forward. Um defensively i think that they'll be okay you know they've got enough playmakers to make big plays when you need them to uh but it's hard to really rely on that yeah that i think that other side of the corner spot uh certainly uh you know a, a dime corner in there they they've been picking on the rookie he's been benched you know twice in the last two weeks and the problem is you bench that guy you go deeper into somebody in your depth chart it's not going to improve you don't yeah. magically have a, someone better who you ranked behind uh, back there might be a little bit of a source i, I don't totally worry about the defense it, it just seems a little different than last year's defense i i know they sort of you know they weren't ever an explosive defensive team who created tons and tons of turnovers, but they seemed a little bit better at shutting teams down and not giving up so many yards in that game. Like, uh, honestly, it, until, you know, Russ got hurt, I, I thought they were going to lose that game. Now, you know, they, they shut down uh, the Seahawks in that fourth quarter, got that key pick. Uh, so, you know, but uh, watching that game, I thought they were going to lose another one, uh, but, so good play by the Rams to get that win. Uh, so, you know, they probably get a loss that you thought they were going to get a win in the regular season and a win where you thought they were going to get a loss. I think their record's probably what you thought it would in and around be. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there are more questions than I thought there would be uh, at this point in the season for the Rams. And we'll switch to the Seahawks here. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of questions coming up. Uh, good win last week versus San Francisco 49ers. Now, granted, they had their starting quarterback get hurt in trade yeah. Trey Lance, uh, which probably sort of helped things. Also, uh, the Niners running back uh, situation, uh, Trey Sermon doesn't seem to be the answers. The Niners are getting a handful of their running backs back this week, uh, so they'll probably be okay. But uh, we'll see about the Jimmy G situation. But uh, good win by the Seahawks last week, but another tough loss. And uh, – I feel like if Geno's there for a long term, you know, a couple of weeks here, that was a bad, bad, uh, you know, finger injury to Russell Wilson. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, maybe he can play through it, but then you have a quarterback with a bad finger on his hand, uh, you know, trying to make passes. Uh, so either way, you're probably in a bad situation at that quarterback spot. I'm getting a little worried this Seahawks team might be the one that ends up dropping uh, in this NFC West division here. Now, I will say this. I hate it as a fan of, you know, of any team. When my team hurts the opposing quarterback and then the opposing quarterback comes in and he starts playing well. A lot of times when teams are game planning for, you know, the opposing team, they start watching game, you know, game film, and then they uh, get their practice squads to try and emulate what the opposing team is going to bring, you know, you, you kind of train for one guy. And when another guy comes in, even though 
Geno Smith has some similar skill sets as to as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback, but you could see that when he came into the game, he was really affecting the game. I thought that he so when the game started off, I was a little bit uh, at ease. I thought it would take him a little while to get going, the Rams, um, just because they were playing on a short week and coming off of a loss. As the game progressed, we got later into that second quarter and early into that third quarter, I, I felt a lot more comfortable. Like, you know what, they're going to pull off this win. As the game goes on, you're going to start seeing the discrepancy in talent level yeah. between these two teams. But when Geno Smith came in, it almost seemed like that gap really shortened. Uh, now, ultimately, they were able to kind of figure him out. But, you know, this is tough for the Seahawks, especially if Russell Wilson is going to be out for a while. That middle finger is really important, especially when it comes to the way that he grips the ball. Um, you know, I really hope that it's not a long-term injury for him. Uh, he's been a pretty healthy guy pretty much throughout his entire career. I don't think he's missed a game like in 160 starts or something like that. Uh, but it's definitely concerning. And if I was a Seahawks fan, I, I'd be a little worried. Yeah. You know, the worst day during – Three things for a quarterback, shoulder, hands, back, uh, you know, are pretty much your three key injury points that you don't want to mess with because that starts messing with your throws and stuff. You know, he, he might be fine, like, physically everywhere else, and he just can't get a good grip on the ball, can't get the ball sort of where you want to. So then you're playing that game. Do you play him with a little bit worse, Russell Wilson, or do you put in Geno Smith where you really sort of have to game plan around having a turnover-prone quarterback, which really is a vastly uh, sort of different thing than what Russell Wilson is. You know, uh, Russ, not really a turnover quarterback. Geno has always been sort of high turnover rate. Now, he's been a little bit more aggressive in his throws. Uh, you know, maybe that offense opens up a little bit, but uh, it's just really, really interesting how that'll play out. Uh, sort of see how the Seahawks uh, continue this season. Th they aren't dead yet, uh, but I think if we end up with, you know, three to four weeks of Geno Smith, that might put the Seahawks in so much of a hole. I, I don't think they can pull themselves out of it in this NFC West. If they were sitting, you know, in the uh, division where the Green Bay is, uh, I think they'd be fine. But uh, in this NFC West, I don't think you can give up too many games there. Yeah, you basically hit the nail on the head there. This division is so tough, you know, with so many good teams that it's really hard to give up so much ground, especially early on this season, and then try to make it up at the end. Now, I will say that the Seahawks kind of went this way last season. They started off kind of up and down like a roller coaster with pretty bad defense, uh, defense play. And then as the season progressed, they got better and better. Uh, and the defense start to play a lot better too. So maybe it's something that they're kind of hoping for this season. But again, not something I would want to do is start, you know, uh, having to play catch up against these other teams in the NFC West. Yeah. Uh, and already two losses at home for Seattle. I think they only lost one game last year at home. Uh, traditionally a real, real cauldron uh, to, for Seattle at home. And they already have two losses there. So, you know, that sort of plays in it. It means you've got to win some games on the road. They got a nice win versus the Niners on the road last week. We'll just see with the Seattle Seahawks uh, right now. But uh, that gives our Thursday night football update. Let's get into the week that is coming up and uh, we'll travel to London, out to Hotspurs Stadium in Tottenham. That would be in London, but. Is that for... the stadium in the back? 
<laughs> and the New York Jets are playing the Atlanta Falcons, a barn burner of the game. When we send our teams to London, we send them the best. <laughs> I can't believe can't believe they actually accepted that. They like... also mentioned that none of the Atlanta Falcons receivers are traveling in this game as well. Uh, so uh, if you have Kyle Pitts, he might actually be good this week because I don't know who else they have to throw to other than the random Cordell Patterson, who has now turned into the second best offensive player in the league uh, before he was just a special teams guy for the previous, I don't know, eight seasons. But somehow Arthur Smith has been able to lock, unlock that and uh, really nothing else on the offensive side of things. But uh, New York Jets, Atlanta Falcons in London. Uh, Falcons are three-point favorites here. The total sits at 45 and a half. The first half total sits at one and a half. Uh, the total sits at 21 and a half. Uh, you know, the Jets coming off their first big win of the season, uh, a win over the Titans, also who didn't have their receivers in that game. So the Jets are getting a little bit of luck here. But uh, I thought the Jets played pretty well in that game. The defense continued to be pretty solid. But uh, the offense finally hit some big plays. Uh, we'll get into the Titans and uh, their uh, defensive play and possible offensive flying play uh, coming up. They have a very interesting matchup against the other bottom feeder in the league uh, this week. But uh, what'd you make of the New York Jets win here? You know, it was a good win. Uh, I, obviously, they had certain things fall, you know, in their favor with the uh, the wide receivers being out, both of the wide receivers being out, uh, which was a huge detriment to the offense uh, for Tennessee. But, you know, just did what they had to do. They had to come in and they had to take care of business. It's exactly what they did. Uh, defensively, I think they were really impressive. I know, like I said, they, you know, Tennessee didn't have their wide receivers, the star wide receivers out there, but they still had Derrick Henry and they still had, you know, Tannehill. And they were able to really make some noise on the defense side of the ball, which was really impressive. Offensively, I still think they're going to struggle, especially when they go back against a team that has a better defense or a defense for that matter. Um, but, you know, they, they took care of business, so you have to give them uh, a little bit of uh, props there. Um, but how lucky are they? They get to go up against, you know, teams with injured wide receivers back-to-back -back weeks. It's it's pretty crazy, uh, and they're probably going to need it. Prior to this, uh, this news about the wide receivers not traveling with the team, I kind of thought that this was another makeup game for the Falcons, another game they could win, start to kind of build up that chemistry again. But – you know, without those wide receivers going up against that defense, especially if the Jets defense plays the way they did last week, it's going to be tough. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the Falcons. They uh, played uh, pretty much the prototypical Falcons game last week uh, versus the Washington football team. I think if you had a tape of the Matt Ryan era, they would pretty much show this game of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, good enough to compile stats. Uh, can't close out the game. Give the ball up to Washington. Let Washington drive down and uh, get the game-winning touchdown. That's uh, pretty much the uh, Falcons season in a nutshell for the uh, 10 years that Matt Ryan has been there. Uh, continue to lose. Uh, I don't know what else to say about them other than they're a bad football team who can somewhat put up numbers. Defense still terrible. But uh, let's look at this game a little bit. Minus three for the Falcons. I'd probably lean New York Jets here a little bit. Uh, but 
I, I probably wouldn't be real bullish on this as one of our mutuals. We could probably find something else. Uh, but I definitely don't want the Falcons as favorites uh, without rival receivers there. And it being in uh, London, you could maybe convince me a little more if it was in Atlanta and the Jets were going on the road. But there's no advantage here. First year coaches on both sides, so they probably don't quite know how to handle this London thing. Uh, so that negates that. And uh, really, I, I just think both these teams are really, really bad. What do you make of this game here? Yeah, you know, unfortunately for uh, London fans out there, they're probably looking at this uh, this matchup and they're like, what's all this then? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's not ideal. You know, uh, if I'm having uh, an international sports franchise bringing, trying to bring their other uh, teams over to build, you know, some sort of fan base, the Falcons and the Jets is probably not the matchup that I'm looking forward to. But, old, you know, this is just the way it works. The way the could crumbles. The bad teams are usually the ones that get sent. Uh, I remember back when the Rams were really bad. I think they got booked to go to London for three years in a row. So uh, that tells you all you need to know. Uh, you know, like I said, prior to the news about the wide receivers probably, uh, not taking this trip with the team, I, I kind of like the Falcons at minus three here. But, you know, now with the wide receivers not playing, the way the Jets defense has been playing, this is probably a game I'm just going to stay away from. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I, I do think, uh, you know, once again, I, I think Zach Wilson will be better in this game, much like he was in the Titans game. Uh, he's facing a defense that will give him those big throws. Uh, now, after this, the Jets go on another streak of playing uh, very difficult defenses. I think those numbers come back to earth. But uh, if you looked at the sort of the schedule, this would probably be the two-game stretch where you think the Jets uh, can show a little life there. I don't know what life is in the Falcons. Uh, you know, every game sort of plays out the same way. Uh, get behind, come back, and then blow it at the end. So it, it's just sort of a, a difficult read on the Falcons. I, I don't think there is any way I'd ever take the Falcons as favorites probably the rest of the season. Uh, you might can convince me to take them as, uh, you know, underdogs here in that one. Uh during some point in the regular season again, but uh, this is just a wild card team. And especially without the receivers, there's nothing there. Uh, total wise, 45 and a half. It's really, really difficult to get a read because the Jets are always a candidate to be shut out. Uh, so you don't want to ride over there. Uh, but as bad as uh, the Falcons defense is here, you probably don't want to play that game on the uh, over side of things either. So I I'm a nothing on this total as well. Yeah, I'm staying away from it completely. Like you said, the the Jets' offense is nothing to write home about. Um, the Falcons can at sometimes put up some offensive numbers, but again, they don't have their wide receivers coming into this game. Uh, you're basically going to look at a what I'm assuming is going to be a very heavy tight end usage game. Uh, and defensively, the Falcons show really nothing either. So, it, I mean, I guess if there were a game that the Jets could kind of get going like they did last week, it'd be against the Falcons, a team that doesn't really have a lot of you know defensive weapons. But I just don't trust the Jets' offense enough to feel comfortable about taking anything in this game. So for me, this is just a, a nice little uh, bonus where once I get up, I turn the TV on and there's football on. Yeah, much like soccer. You wake up in the morning and there's sports on, and it's uh, the same thing. They're on international break this week, which is why uh, the stadium can be used to football, if you were wondering about that. Uh, so the field oh, I'm will sure, be. I'm sure everyone was wondering. 
Well, the field will be just fine. There will not be soccer played on it, just so you're aware. I think uh, the year before, uh, not last year, because they didn't go to London, uh, they scheduled one of these and they played a soccer match like the day before. And then they played a football match, you know, the next day. And it's like, uh, yeah, the field's not going to be totally recovered by uh, that point. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next game. Uh, Let's just say a shocking three and one Bengals team. Uh, probably not all that shocking if you sort of look at uh, who they've beaten Their opponents. who they've lost to. Uh, but uh, three, one still stands out. Packers seem back on track and uh, that Saints game just seems uh, totally like a aberration week one uh, token preseason game uh, in that uh, matchup. Uh, but uh Funny enough, they are giving respect to the Bengals here. The Bengals are only three-point dogs at home here. Total sits at 51. First half is uh, two-and-a-half for the Packers, and total sits at 24-and-a-half. You know, this line screams for you just to take the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, I I do have it highlighted because – Basically, I just don't think the uh, Bengals are all that good. Uh, Some of their numbers rank out pretty high, but once again, I I think some of that is weighted just based on their opponents. I I think uh, their offense might be a little bit legit, like they will be able to always move the ball on offense, but I I don't trust that defense uh, right now, and I still think the offensive line has issues. So I think Green Bay's a good matchup here, but, you know, three points on the road, and uh, I I think everybody and their mother is going to be betting on Green Bay in this one. So that gives me a little bit of pause as well. What do you think of this? Yeah, I'm actually surprised that the line hasn't shifted much uh, when I was looking at it. I actually have the Packers penciled in as one of my picks, and I'll just go ahead and spoil that for you now. as good as the Bengals have been playing, you know, the opposition just hasn't been of very high caliber. So it's hard to really put too much emphasis on those wins. I will give them their props. So I can't take that away from them. They came out, they win, they, they win their games against, you know, NFL opponents. So you got to give them that. Um, but I just don't think that they're ready yet. I, I think that they have a lot of really nice young talent. They have some really good weapons, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but defensively, uh, you know, a lot of their defensive stats are based off the fact that they've played some pretty bad teams. And even when they played against um, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, you know, hasn't been what you thought they were going to be this season so far. So well, keep uh, it's them hard. in mind for a little bit later, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> but it's just hard for me to really, you know, put too much, uh, too much emphasis on those wins. So, you know, just looking at on paper that you're talking about the rating, you know, MVP, one of the best, you know, offensive minds in football uh, versus a young quarterback with some nice young wide receivers, uh, but still an up and coming team, still a team that needs to build that chemistry. And, you know, you got to, there's, there's baby steps basically to get to, to the big game and the Bengals just aren't quite there yet. So for me, this is an easy one. Uh, This is one of my games. Uh, I like the Packers in this one. Yeah, uh, this is one where the Sharps are going to be all over uh, Cincinnati getting three points at home and thinking you wait it. And sometimes I'm just against that. Green Bay's a better football team here. Yes, it's annoying to have the three-point favorite on the road. Yes, the Bengals are three and one. But, uh, you know, 
if I lose with Green Bay, I, I don't feel bad because I think Green Bay is a better team and they'll go in here and beat up on him. So I, I think we're both going to lean here and this will probably be our first mutual pick. The Green Bay Packers uh, minus three versus Cincinnati Bengals. The only thing I, I'd say I'd worry about uh, on the Green Bay side of things is they probably go in here thinking this is uh, once again a glorified exhibition game. They probably get up on them a little bit, and maybe that backdoor cover uh, gets a little bit nervy there at the end if, you know, the Packers sort of pack it in there in the second half after they get up big in this one. No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. All right. Uh, next up, Detroit Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings coming off a, a dreadful performance versus the Cleveland Browns in a 14-7 game. Uh, Detroit, uh, I, we we had as one of our mutuals last week, let us down versus the Chicago Bears. I will uh, mention I did bail on it. Uh, my heart uh, could not uh, <laughs> take the, uh, the Detroit Lions on the road, even uh, in that uh, – category so it was bailed on i'm sorry to our listeners if they went uh with the detroit lions i will mention though that the uh detroit lions uh somehow managed to have the ball in the red zone on their first three drives and uh somehow managed to come away with zero points uh so i think this game could have been vastly different if uh the detroit lions had any sort of uh red zone offense i think that probably comes into play uh having no receivers uh of note on your team at all but uh, Detroit coming off uh, probably their worst game of the season so far they played in that Chicago game uh, going to Minnesota who uh, once again Jekyll and Hyde offense uh, probably was the best in the league uh, for a two-week stretch there and uh, then it looked like it couldn't even move the ball uh, last week versus Cleveland Browns at home uh, Vikings are 10-point favorites total 49 first half minus five and a half total 24 and a half uh, what do you make of this one uh, even with Detroit, uh, I'm not touching a 10-point uh, Minnesota Vikings line. So you can give me your concepts on this game, but there is zero chance I take Minnesota Vikings minus 10. I don't care if they're playing the college team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, I don't know what it is with me this season. You know, I, I keep on falling in lust. I'll say lust, not love. I keep falling in lust with these really bad teams, and I feel like this is the week where they're going to turn it around, and they let me down. And same thing happened with the Detroit last year. Now, I wasn't as wise as you, and I actually stuck with my Lions pick, and it came back and cost me. I, I just figured as poor as Chicago looked the previous week. Was it the and, uh, second or third time they were in the red zone on their opening possession that you didn't <laughs> score that you decided to pack in that? It, it was the first time. The once, first that happened, <laughs> yeah, once that happened, I was like, that's it. I was like, this is over. Now, it might be that I feel bad for golf. You know, maybe I feel like, like I owe him something because he was shipped off to Detroit, uh, you know, to the land where quarterbacks are forgotten. I should but, probably say, if you look at Goff and Stafford's numbers, they're uh, somewhat they're, similar. <laughs> yeah. But you know, uh, ultimately what it comes down to is wins and who's got more wins. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So I, I, I'm not taking any action on this. Uh, you know, as explosive as this Minnesota office has been, you know, granted uh, the Cleveland Browns defense is, is, I'm not going to say they're great, but they're pretty good. I think we're going to get into that with a big game this week with them. So, I thought the shocking part of this was the Minnesota defense. It was a really tight, low-scoring game, yeah. and I didn't think they, they would be able to really hold that Cleveland offense 
to as you know as little points as they still were able to put up. So I will say the defense impressed me last week, uh, but the offense disappointed so much that I, I'm just not touching this game at all. Yeah, I, I was going to flip it to the other side of things. Detroit getting ten points. Uh, I know you have a little bit of shell shock after last week. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I don't know if I can quite convince myself to take that 10 because uh, I'm trying to get my head around the Vikings defense here. It basically been a leaking sieve for the uh, first uh, four, three weeks of the season. And then week four, all of a sudden it – shuts down Cleveland. Now, uh, we'll also get into Cleveland's offensive uh, issues. Uh, while the defense somehow uh, is getting better and better each week, the offense somehow is getting worse and worse each week on that side of things. So I don't know what to make of that. Uh, maybe Minnesota's defense has found a little bit of a happy medium there. In that case, I, I think uh, they could easily, uh, you know, cover this and Detroit probably can't score enough on them. Uh, but if it goes back to the Vikings defense that was before, I do think the Lions can get points, certainly backdoor this. Any thought on the Lions covering uh, that 10-point margin, maybe getting a backdoor cover here late? No, or, I, I can't. You know, I should say the Lions defense isn't exactly a lockdown unit. Uh, they might give up 40 to the Vikings. So. Now, listen, I'm not going to guarantee this, okay? But I will tell you, because I'm jumping off the line bandwagon this week. This is the week that they'll actually cover. Uh, now, don't put any money on that. I'm letting you know now. Uh, but I, I just can't bring myself to take any line bets this this week, especially after the way they've disappointed over the last few weeks. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, now, the Lions do play Cincinnati uh, next week. So uh, we'll see if Cincinnati uh, can sort of be the uh, good, bad team on the football season. Uh, Somehow managed you, to get enough wins to be relevant, uh, beating up on the really, really bad teams here. I will tell you really quick, though, this this particular week, this these matches between the Lions and the Vikings and then the Packers and the Bengals, the Lions-Bears matchup is not going to do much for me going into next week. It's going to be that, that Bengals game versus the Packers game. That's going to be the game that decides what side of the ball I decide to roll with next week between the Lions and the Bengals. Yeah, definitely. So I definitely, I, I probably shouldn't have my eye on games two weeks away, but I was sort of eyeing that, that uh, maybe the Bengals keep uh, this one close and then we get a huge spread uh, for the Bengals, much like we got in that weird uh, Jacksonville game on Thursday night you know, where uh, the Bengals were oddly favored by seven. And, <laughs> you know, funny enough, the Bengals don't cover a seven-point favorite. So, I, so, anyway, I was sort of hoping that might come back uh, next week uh, with that Detroit Lions matchup. But uh, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, keep the Pittsburgh Steelers in your head here. And next up, we got the Denver Broncos going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers minus one. I'm going to read this total out to you. 39 and a half is the total. That's sad. Uh, That's so, sad. Uh, so we're playing a teens game in this one. Uh, first half is, uh, you know, uh, pick them here, uh, half point towards the Steelers. And the total sits at 20 in the first half. So uh, interesting matchup here. Uh, Steelers continued to struggle at Green Bay. I thought they were a little frisky. Uh, but once again, that offense just cannot generate anything and green bay sort of had a ho-hum easy victory over the steelers uh in green bay last week uh denver uh we talked about it 
Baltimore came in there, smacked them around pretty good. Uh, you know, we sort of probably saw where Denver, it's not up there in the elite teams, even though they were undefeated at 3-0. and The 3-0 and was a Jets, Giants, Jags 3-0. Uh, and So maybe this will be another marker for the Broncos. Are they in that uh, middle-low tier where we probably think the Steelers are? Or are they a little bit better than that and maybe just under those elite, elite teams? Uh, but uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I kind of like the Steelers in this one. I, I think the defense uh, can find its way to shut these uh, Broncos down. Uh, I don't trust the offense yet, uh, but uh, Big Ben blamed himself and maybe his hips become Rightfully better so. in a week. <laughs> so what do you make of this uh, Broncos-Steelers game? Yeah, you know, it's no, it should come as no shock to anyone that Ben Roethlisberger is taking the blame here because, you know, uh, if you looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers on offense, their running game has improved uh, pretty significantly, you know, from week one to where we're at now. I think last week was probably their best performance rushing the ball, uh, and they still weren't able to really do much offensively. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't have much of an arm left. And, you know, I, of course I say that and this, this week he'll come out and he'll light the Broncos up. But I think they're a good team. And I think that that team's going to be very heavily dependent on that defense. So um, at some point, they have to get a nice balance with the run game and the, and the passing game. You can't put that much pressure on Big Ben to make plays happen because you just can't do it anymore. Um, my question to you is, who are we having at quarterback for Denver? Is it, is it Locke? Well, that's what I was going to mention. Uh, there hasn't been a word on Teddy. He's still, you know, in quote unquote concussion protocol. If it's Drew Locke, I'm definitely uh, all in on Steelers here. If it's Teddy, I'm a little bit more pulled back. Uh, but I do think the Broncos offense, we mentioned it once again, they'll be without their top two wide receivers uh, here. Uh, so I, I think this offense just is getting less and less dangerous. Uh, you know, yes, I do think the Denver defense can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think the Steelers might be able to find a way here. It's hard to say if Teddy will be okay or not. I assume they probably will clear him by Sunday, so we're probably getting Teddy Bridgewater, uh, but uh, they haven't said uh, yet, so it, it's an unknown whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. I know that's really uh, sort of a, a very large gap uh, there between Teddy, who's at least a functional NFL quarterback, and uh, Drew Locke, who really shouldn't even be in the league anymore. But uh, anyway, I, I just think the Steelers defense will come to play here, shut this Broncos team uh, down, and maybe the Steelers can find a couple points here uh, to sort of get them back on track in at least the winning uh margins I, I i've sort of given up hope that they will be a contender uh but i do think they can at least make themselves a relevant in and around 500 team here now i understand where you're coming from and you make you make some really good valid points you know for me personally i'm nervous about this game either way i, I think that i feel a little more confidence rolling with the steelers if i know um even if teddy brought a you know, bridgewater is basically a game time decision um simply because, like you mentioned, the wide receivers being out. Now, if it's Drew Locke, I, I feel more comfortable taking the Steelers, but I'm still a little nervous because that Broncos defense can show up at any time. And the way the Pittsburgh offense has been playing, it could be a really close matchup. So I understand why that spread is what it is. But, I mean, 
right now this is I predict that we're gonna get uh Teddy Bridgewater. And I think it makes it a closer matchup, but without his his wide receivers out there, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to assume that he's gonna dominate that Pittsburgh defense. So I kind of like the Steelers here at minus one. Uh I don't know if you want to lock it in as mutual or if you want to put some contingencies on it or why don't, don't we just uh, put it in the uh, background for now? We'll have it if we come back to it. And then, uh, you know, we'll see where we are at the end of this list here. Uh, and if we end up needing it in our five, we'll throw it in our five. But uh, any love on the uh, under here? I, I do think this game, even at 39 and a half, this is reeking of a, you know, sort of 14-10 type game here. But uh, maybe one of these teams find some offenses. Uh, but I think both coaches will be so conservative coming in here. Uh, they won't want to lose this. I, I know 39 and a half is, uh, is really, really low. But uh, I, I'm not seeing where either team will really want to even risk opening up an offense on this game. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting a minimum of at least 45 touches between both running backs in this particular matchup. Um, as you stated, I think both coaching, uh, both coaching staffs are probably going to be nervous to really, you know, let loose out there on offense. Uh, they're probably going to be a little conservative coming into this game, and rightfully so, because if either one of these teams has a good chance on offense going up against these type of defenses, it's going to be with that running game, implementing a good run game, and then maybe play action pass uh, once you've implemented the run game. But like I said, I like the Steelers at minus one, uh, but I'm nervous either way. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, come back to those, talk about them a little bit later, and uh, see where we are in our mutual five. All right, let's move on to our next game. We got the Miami Dolphins coming off a really, really poor loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Really looked bad in that game. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks uh, uh, versus New England. It was a big game on TV, but uh, I think it sort of played out how we thought it was. Defensive game. Uh, Patriots right there. Uh, we'll get into the Patriots later about that decision to try to kick the 55-yard field goal to win it and not go for it on that fourth uh, down and try to get a little bit closer, especially as they were moving the ball well. But, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, once again, offense did not look great uh, versus the uh, you know, uh, a good defensive team, more to what we uh, saw last year. The running game looked a little bit better than it had. Uh, but uh, I thought the defense looked uh, better on the front line than it had. But once again, they're secondary. Uh, you know, Antonio Winfield Jr. now goes out. Uh, their top corner now is Richard Sherman, who uh, was not on the team a week ago. So if that's your top corner, I think their secondary isn't in a lot, a lot of trouble. But, uh, you know, I don't think the Miami Dolphins are the team right now uh, to really give them any sort of trouble. But I do think the spread's a little bit high. So Miami Dolphins at Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay Bucks, 10-point favorites here. Uh, total sits at 47.5. First half is 6.5, and, and the total sits at 24. Also, you know, Gronk uh, probably going to be out uh, a long while uh, with his injury. So that might affect the offense a little bit here. Uh, but what do you make of this Miami-Tampa Bay game? You know, I'd feel a lot more comfortable taking this Tampa Bay uh, spread if I didn't like this Dolphins defense as much as I do, I think this Dolphins defense, even though they obviously, you know, have had some trouble winning games, they're, they're really gritty. You know, they're going to get in your face. They're going to try and play really aggressively and physically. Uh, and I really like that defensively, but 
you know, on offense, they just can't muster up enough offense to, to, to really win games. And that's going to be their issue going forward. Um, I think this Tampa Bay team is, is susceptible right now. You know, you saw it versus the Rams. The Rams were able to pretty much do what they wanted against them in that secondary. Cup uh, had a monster game going up against them. And that's because they have no cornerbacks. Uh, their secondary is, is decimated, as you stated. And, uh, you know, going back to that uh, Buccaneers-Patriots game, the real winners of that game were all the New England fans because their team, which is not really good right now, was able to contend with the defending champs. And they were able to say good, their goodbyes to Brady in proper way, uh, a way that I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of love for Brady. Obviously, he brought a lot of championships to the city, and you know he's an icon there. So there's definitely no love no love lost there, but there, there's also a lot of respect. Um, and now with the news about you know Gilmore basically being let go, uh, we'll trade it now. Um, it's something that the, apparently the Tampa Bay Bucks were looking into didn't quite work out for them. So they're back to Richard Sherman being their number one guy, um, which tells you a lot. Uh, well, it would have been nice uh, six years ago. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they would have taken six years ago, but six years ago, the Bucks weren't really contending, so it's pointless. Uh, but yeah, I think this game has the potential to be either a blowout or a really close matchup. And I just don't know which way I'm leaning. So I'm probably going to stay away from it. But like I said earlier, I, I think, this Tampa Bay team is definitely beatable, but what concerns me is the lack of offense for the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I just can't give you a, a decisive. I want no part of Tampa Bay minus 10. And, you know, Miami has just been, you know, it, it's starting to become a little bit, maybe it's not the quarterback's issue. It, it's more a coaching and offensive scheme issue. Um, you know, I, I both think we think Brian Flores is a great coach, uh, but they've had offensive issues in numerous years uh, going back to when he first got there. And, you know, the first year you say, oh, they don't have anybody. They're, you know, trying to play. And then each year they start adding more and more pieces and you think, oh, maybe they finally get it. And their offense has just been terrible. It's always pieced together. You never know quite what they're doing on offense. Is it a run scheme? Is it a pass scheme? Are they going deep? Are they playing possession style football? Uh, it's just always all over the place. You don't know what you're getting, uh, you know, one week from the next. One week you're getting 30 carries uh, for Miles Gaskin. The next week you're airing it out, you know, and uh, the running backs aren't even a factor in the thing. And I just, I don't understand this Miami Dolphins offense. And I think it's, you know, it's no longer a player issue. It's become a coaching issue and it's not talent because they have plenty of, uh, you know, NFL caliber talent on that roster right now. Uh, you know, I, I know Jacoby Bursett is not the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, but he's a serviceable one. And uh, he just looks worthless in the uh, two Dolphins games he's played versus the Raiders and uh, then last week versus the Colts, where they were just brutally terrible on offense. And that was a home game, uh, mind you. So I, I can't in good conscience take the Dolphins, uh, you know, plus 10 when we just saw the Colts, uh, you know, throw up a 27 and the Dolphins only score, uh, I, I think, seven points, maybe 10 points in that game. Uh, but that game was over. So, you know, I, I think definitely so Tampa Bay can 
easily get into the mid to high 20s on this Dolphins team. It's whether you think the Dolphins can get to 14, even on this poor secondary of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I'm just a total pass on this game and uh, sort of seeing if the Dolphins can maybe right themselves. I know they said Tua might be back uh, next week, so maybe there's some life there and they can find some offense in that. You know, I did figure out um, a nice little way that the Dolphins are going to get some offense going. Um, now, it's a little bit of a throwback. I'm sure you remember, but some people might not. Maybe they could try out the uh, they could try out reciting Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams and run that Wildcat again. Because, uh, I mean, that was the last time that I could remember the Dolphins having a really serious offense, an offense that you had to game plan against. Um, their offense has just been pretty much MIA for the last few seasons. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, me included, thought that Tua was the answer for them this year. And it just doesn't seem like it with the injuries and the lack of weapons there. Um, as you stated, the Buccaneers team looks like they could definitely win this game. I, I just don't know how they can, you know, how many points they can put up against this defense. Uh, this Dolphins defense plays with a lot of pride, even though they haven't really been, uh, you know, one of the most potent defenses out there. I feel like they put it all on the line and they play really tough. So I don't know how many points the Bucs can put up, um, but I know for a fact that the Dolphins can't put up many. So uh, I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, well, I, I think Ricky's getting rich off his pot farm in uh, California. And I, I don't, last I saw Ronnie Brown, uh, he couldn't even walk <laughs> into the line of scrimmage anymore. So I, I don't know if that'll be quite as effective as it uh, once was. But uh, anyway, I, I think this game is just a hard pass. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where it gets ranked on the uh, TV. I don't even know if this one gets viewed. It, it might be a Monday uh, quick rewatch. You know, I'm still trying to, to remember. I, I don't believe you told me the story of the time you went to Ricky's farm. Did you have a good time? <laughs> I, I did not go to Ricky's farm. Uh, Isn't that when Ricky, you became a Dolphins fan? Because it wasn't legal when uh, <laughs> at the time for Ricky's farm. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the next game that's probably just as confusing. I you probably are a little bit more disappointed in this team. Uh, I, I think the New Orleans Saints, who are coming off a uh, just a bad game versus the Giants gave the Giants their first win. Uh, just once again, offense was not good. Uh, you know, hot and cold. Uh, Jameis once again did not look great. Uh, Washington football team, we mentioned it, got a, a good win. Tyler Haneke drove down versus the Atlanta Falcons. Once again, though, this Washington defense, which is what they're supposed to be based on, uh, was pretty terrible versus the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't know what to make of them. You also have the weird thing where the uh, Washington trainer is uh, apparently a drug dealer. Uh, so uh, I don't know how that affects them uh, other than maybe some of them might have received products from said trainer and uh, might have their name products. on a list with the FBI, which uh, probably affects your uh, brain a little bit going into a game, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, Saints, Washington, Washington is a two point dog here at home. Total sits at 43 and a half. Uh, first half is a pick em with a half point towards uh, Washington and the total sits at uh, 21 here. Uh, what do you make of this game? Cause I, I don't know what I'm getting from the saints. We've gotten two blowout wins and uh, two duds and uh, Washington uh, right now, I just think is a bad football team. So uh, what do you make of this? Well, the fact that Washington lost their starting quarterback or pretty much early on the season 
really set a, a downward spiral for this team. Um, defensively, we thought they'd be able to at least keep up. They, the defense was good enough that they were going to keep them in games. Unfortunately for them, defense has not been what they what they were showing they were going to be, what we thought they were going to be. They, they're not even close uh, to what they were last year. So with that being said, um, I think that the Saints here are a better team, okay? And the reason the Saints lost last week, was, last week was the week that I finally got off my uh, New York Giants bandwagon. I should say I got on the Giants last week and uh, had a nice of course, little win. Of course. See, I think I'm catching on to your techniques here. You <laughs> wait for me to get off of a team, and that's when you know they're going to win. So that's when you jump on. Yeah, but, I know. I, I ran with the Sharps. Uh, it was very difficult for me to click that button, but uh, I did click the button, and uh, I, I was certainly happy with it. But once again, I, I watched a lot of that game, and uh, the Saints offense just uh, – I, I think we're seeing, uh, even with a Drew Brees who couldn't throw the ball beyond eight yards, uh, the difference between having a Drew Brees and having uh, pretty much a mid-tier – uh, quarterback running that offense because it's just not smooth right now. Uh, you know, also Michael Thomas has not played for the Saints. I think they thought Marquez Callaway was going to come in there and, uh, you know, sort of take his spot as the dominant receiver. Uh, really, the Saints are pretty much just as bad as the Lions in receiving right now. It's just not a good receiving room. So I, I just, you're either taking here the Saints that'll probably get this win uh, because they probably are a little bit better on the defensive end of things, or you think the Washington football team, uh, who really should have lost to those same Giants uh, two weeks ago on that uh, Thursday night football game uh, where the Giants basically handed them uh, that went on the stupid offsides. Uh, but you think Washington finds a way to game their way through this and sneak one. Uh, but I think, we just, you're probably better off riding the flow of the Saints. Good one week, bad the next week. So it's probably a good Saints week this week. Yeah, I think that the Saints are obviously, you know, Drew Brees and uh, Winston. There's there's a huge gap between talent between these two guys. Now, uh, in terms of physical abilities, I, I think Winston, obviously, he's younger, he's faster, he's, you know, bigger, stronger. He, he's got more tools at his disposal physically. Uh, the issue is mentally, you know, Drew Brees was probably one of the smartest quarterbacks. And the fact that he was under Sean Payton for such a long time uh, didn't hurt him. You know, the Saints are going to be as good as their offense can be balanced. Um, you can't put too much on Winston's shoulders, especially when you don't have, you know, your main wide receiver. It's hard to replace a guy like, you know, you, it's not every day that you have a wide receiver that walks in and you're like, oh, yeah, we don't need our guy. He can stay out as long as he wants. This guy's going to be the next guy. It, it, it's hard. Michael Thomas is, is as much – love him or hate him, okay, because I don't like the guy personally. I, I think he's very brash, and as most wide receivers are, he, he's a big diva. But he's very talented. I'll give him that. You know, a guy can go up there and make plays. He can change the, the outcome of a game by himself. So it's hard to replace a guy like that. Now, when you don't have a weapon like Michael Thomas um, – you really have to learn to be balanced, especially with a quarterback like Winston, who has been known to make plenty of mistakes. I mean, his last year in Tampa Bay, he led the league in turnovers. So Kamara's been playing better. I feel that if they can get a good balance going, especially against this uh, Washington defense, that has been a little lackluster. 
I think they'll be okay. I think they can pull off this win. The question is how much do you trust them to actually, you know, stay balanced? I, I don't know if I can. Um, even though I think they're going to win this game, I don't know how comfortable I feel taking it. Yeah, I know. I I, I want to have the Saints, but uh, we probably I probably need two more days uh, to sort of talk myself into it. And I'll uh, put it on my maybe column. Yeah, I I just don't know if I could quite go there. I, I don't like this Washington football team, but honestly, if you were giving me Winston or Heineke right now, I, I probably lean a little more towards Heineke because I'd at least seen him, you know, move the ball. The other thing I, I've noticed. They're sort of putting Taysom Hill in there more and more and more. Uh, I'm wondering how long Sean Payton goes if, you know, the hot and cold of this offense continues where he just, you know, said screw it and throws Taysom Hill in, Hill in there full time because uh, clearly they probably aren't going to re-sign Jameis Winston uh, from what we've seen these first four weeks uh, next year. They'll probably be looking for a new quarterback. So, you know, if they aren't going to sign him, you know, it's not really a big deal to bench him uh, right now. So that should be interesting. I I just, there are too many factors going into the Washington football team. You know, I mentioned the FBI raid on the trainer. That gives me a little bit of pause and just the, you know, really, really poor play of the defense. Uh, I mean, the team was lucky to win that stupid game versus Atlanta last week. They could very, very easily uh, not have a win this season. Uh, So you you know, we could be having a totally different conversation. This could be, you know, even more points to the Saints if Washington didn't have two of those wins that they sort of lucked out in. So I'm probably a pass on this game, but we can't put the Saints, uh, you know, on the side here if we need it coming back. Uh, But next up, I probably am going to be heavy on this one. Philadelphia Eagles go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, You mentioned Stephon Gilmore gets traded to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Really, really great move there by Carolina. Shoring up even more of that defense, uh, replacing J.C. Horn, uh, who's going to be out with the broken foot, with really a better cornerback uh, than you had in the rookie there. And uh, if you can sign Gilmore long-term, you really got a lockdown secondary there for a couple of years. So Carolina's three-point favorites. Uh, McCaffrey might come back. Tough loss versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, really uh, a bad quarter. That third quarter, the defense let him down. Offense let him down. A little bit of Sam Darnold uh, pickage. But uh, otherwise, they were sort of in that game. But their first uh, bad loss. Uh, and then a uh, total of 45. First half minus three for the Panthers. Uh, total 22 and a half. Philadelphia once again looks porous uh, on defense. Now, uh, you know, that needs to be said. It was versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, everybody looks porous, uh, but this defense seems to be getting worse and worse and worse every week. I will say their offense looked better, uh, but once again, that's first that Chiefs defense, um, yeah. who right now, uh, I, I'm pretty much anyone I think can run on, uh, possibly throw on as well. It's a little more difficult to throw on them, but uh, you can certainly run on them. So, Eagles, once again, poor. I really like the Carolina Panthers here, minus three. I think they bounce back. Uh, There's word that Christian McCaffrey probably will be back for this game. I don't know if they probably hold him out thinking they can get this win and uh, shore up his hamstring even more. But if he's 100% go, uh, they probably will play him because Carolina Panthers uh, really uh, I think won him back in this one. So Carolina minus three. I'm really bullish on what do you make of this game? 
I actually have Carolina as one of my picks also. Um, and as mentioned, I think the Gilmore trade was huge. You take a defense that's been playing pretty good already now, albeit, you know, it's been against some pretty bad teams, but they've still shown up. And even against that really potent Dallas office, I felt like that first half, um, I thought they were in the game. and I thought they oh, yeah. could possibly win that game. Uh, it wasn't until that second half where things started falling apart. As you mentioned, Darnold started doing Darnold-type things. But pretty much throughout this whole season, he's been pretty clean. Uh, and, and I, I like that. It's nothing, something we're not accustomed to seeing from him uh, coming from New York Jets. So I, I think that they have a really good shot at winning this game, as you mentioned it. Yeah. I think and, secondary's... And the other... Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing, uh, you know, we'll get to it when we get to the Cowboys, but uh, I'm beginning to think the Cowboys are, uh, believe it or not, a good football team. I don't think they're quite to that top tier level. Uh, but I do think they're just under that. Uh, the defense has started to play better. Uh, offense is, uh, I think, at a perfect rhythm. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think that's really a bad loss for Carolina. They played a bad quarter. Uh, game got away from them. They pushed, you know, uh, towards the end of that fourth quarter to try to make it a bit of a game. So I don't hold that against them. I still think this is a pretty good football team here. And uh, I really love the minus three. Yeah, I mean Dallas. We we know it for a fact that they have really potent offense, so they're gonna they're gonna really you know threaten you offensively. Uh, their issue has always been defensively, but as you mentioned, they've been playing better defensively, and I think Diggs has a you know big a big reason to, to why that defense is playing better. He's been a playmaker. I think I believe he's gotten an interception every single game so far. Yeah. Now it seems like we're talking about, about the Cowboys, so I'll I, I digress. I'll, I'll step back from talking about the Cowboys, but as you mentioned, it, it was a really tough team. I think Cowboys are better than we gave them credit for. Uh, we texted about it a little bit back and forth where we, you know, you said, I think this Cowboys team is actually better than we think. And I was like, yeah, I, I think they are. Uh, their issue was never offense. It was never offensively. It was always defensively. They were just really porous. So I'm not going to take too much away from the from the Panthers for losing that matchup. But I think the Panthers are a better team right now. And, uh, you know, they're getting better, obviously, with addition. So, uh, it's McCaffrey comes in, whether he's hundred percent or not, I think they utilize him enough to at least make sure that they win this game. And uh, I like the Panthers here minus three. Yeah. So we got our definite second uh, on our mutuals. So we got uh, green Bay minus three Carolina minus three uh, to start out the year. Uh, anything on the Eagles, uh, you know, uh, after last week versus the Chiefs, uh, you know, it, it was the normal Chiefs shootout. But uh, I think that defense has just fallen off, uh, you know, and I don't know how many more wins the Eagles are going to get on the year. Well, we talked about it during preseason. We talked about how their best uh, defensive attribute is their pass rush. And unfortunately for them, that pass rush, that front seven was starting to get up there in age. And as this season is progressing now, we're only in week five. But you're noticing the the you know the the defense slowing down, that pass rush is slowing down, which is you know obviously uh, exposing that secondary. And when they can't get anything going offensively, because offensively they've been pretty much checking on the high. They're good one game, they're okay the next game, they're bad the next game. If they can't get anything going offensively, then those defensive woes really you know are that much more highlighted. Um, so a little disappointing. I just I would like to see them get get on track and play some consistent football, which they haven't done. But like I said, I think that the Panthers here are just a better team. So uh, I like the Panthers. Yeah. Also, uh, after watching what Tyreek Hill did to him, uh, DJ Moore might have a, a similar game <laughs> for Carolina yeah. versus them. Uh, similar player, not quite as explosive, but uh, I, I, 
Wow, uh, Tyreek uh, lit them up uh, nicely. And I think I was going up against Tyreek Hill in fantasy. You are, uh, you are because uh, a friend of ours uh, has them on their team. And I think they also had Patrick Mahomes. They do. Uh, okay. Somebody was smart enough to uh, draft uh, the same yeah, person. All their that, Chiefs. <laughs> that's a nice combo. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Tennessee Titans uh, coming off a disappointing loss to the New York Jets. Sands wide receivers, I will say. Uh, I, I'm not sure that quite excuses it. But uh, anyway, um, they play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we talked about on the Thursday night game. Uh you know, uh, other than their coach being at his own bar, filling up uh, big booty blondes, uh, you know, uh, nothing to say much about the Jaguars. Uh, you know, I, I will say I very, very much wanted to take the Jaguars in the plus four and a half, uh, but this stupid Urban Meyer thing is rolling into a nonsensical uh, story that is sort of maybe becoming more of a distraction. It's just adding on to the layers of dysfunction short of there in Jacksonville. So I'm not quite as bullish here uh, about that. Uh, I'm curious about your take on the Tennessee Titans. Once again, that defense is just um, horrendous. And the thing I don't know is, I don't think it's as bad as their offensive line. Their offensive line is even worse. The Jets were on top of Tannehill that whole game. Uh, you know, it, it's take two step drop. You better get rid of it because the defensive line is on top of you. And I think it's sort of mucking up too. Derrick Henry run lanes. Uh, you know, he, he does have good yardage totals, but he's having to work really, really hard to get those. Uh, so this Tennessee Titans team, I do think they'll still win the AFC South, uh, but I think that's sort of a, a view of the AFC uh, South here. Jacksonville, uh, not good. Texans, even worse. And Colts, uh, the injury bug has just hit them and, they just aren't a factor right now. Maybe they become one. But uh, Tennessee Titans-wise, what do you make of this team? Well, yeah, uh, I'll start off with Tennessee. You know, I, I think Tennessee, I expected a lot more from them, and they haven't quite delivered so far this season. As our colleague Dynamite, you know, is always stating, he thought that defensively they were going to be better. I thought they'd be better. I didn't think they were going to be good, but I thought they'd be better. Um, I think we thought mentioned- maybe a Cowboys level. You know, I, I don't think we think the Cowboys' defense is good, but it's now – able to slow teams down where this one is getting up chunk plays to Wilson, who I think had no passing yards for the previous three games. Now I do think that the Cowboys defense is slightly better than what I thought the Titans defense would be. uh, If that's clear at all. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I'm I'm very disappointed that Titans defense and I'm more disappointed that Titans often. Now, as you mentioned, they did have some injuries with the wide receivers and obviously those are two big weapons on the outside that you're missing, but you expect that team to have enough firepower on offense, enough continuity on offense to at least, you know, be able to contend with the Jets. Uh, but unfortunately for them, that offensive line, as you said, has been bad. And I think that's a testament to how good Derrick Henry actually is. As you mentioned, yes, he's putting up big numbers. He put up a lot of yards, but a lot of it is from work that he's doing on his own. These are tackles he's breaking. These are ankles he's breaking. You know, it's not so much the offensive line uh, really, you know, busting holes open from which they do from time to time. But, you know, it's the NFL. You're all professionals. At some point, there's bound to be a hole even by the worst offensive line here and there. So a little disappointing uh, for Tennessee and Tennessee Titans fans. I think that this is not exactly where they want to be, but 
you also look at the makeup of this division and you're probably not sweating it too much because as you mentioned, I still think they're going to win this division uh, just based off the fact that you got some pretty bad teams. You know, Houston looked like they might have been uh, at least a black sheep in that division until injuries started hitting them. Uh, the Colts, I thought, would be contenders. Uh, obviously, injuries also are playing a role there. And then you have the Jaguars, uh, which I'll get into now. And that whole situation with Urban Meyer, I did not know about this. Okay, I go show you how much Jacksonville football I pay attention to. I had no clue. I had no idea. Uh, this morning, I'm scrolling to Twitter and I see a second video surfaces with Urban Meyer. And I'm like, Urban Oh, you Meyer. didn't see the second one where he literally had his hands up her butt? Yes, yes that's, the, that's the one I saw. I saw the second one. I'm shocked. Like, you know, I heard Feinbaum and all these, you know, different analysts talking and they're saying they're not shocked. This is who he is. But I'm shocked that he'd be that dumb. And, and it, you know, I'm not trying to insult the guy, okay? No, but you can insult him. He's a moron. You have to be dumb, like seriously dumb, to pull up, pull something like that. Not only at your own bar, it's his bar, correct? Yes, it's his. So, not only whatever is it ownership percentage, but it's named after him. Yes. So not only is it your own establishment, but you decide to stay the night instead of travel with your team, and there's cameras everywhere, everywhere. You can't get away with anything anymore nowadays. And it's your first year coach with a team that's struggling. And this is this is what you decide to do after losing a game. I think you have to be dumb to do something like that. And I think it's going to cause a big distraction, not just right now. I think going forward, it's going to be a distraction. You know, the type of climate that we're in right now in, in America, this kind of stuff doesn't just slide by now. It could be, I mean, it happened to Robert Kraft, you know, but he's an owner. Yeah. He's not a coach. Uh, it's a little difference, uh, actually a big difference there. <laughs> so uh, I, I think this is going to be a distraction going forward. I think this is going to hurt a team that's trying to find their identity and trying to develop them, you know, their young star players, and, and it's going to hurt them going forward. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, you know, this is a one-year deal or, you know, if he keeps losing games, this is their excuse to get rid of him. But you have to be dumb to pull something like that. So, just for that reason, I'm taking the ties at minus four and a half. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking on that, it, it he made it worse by just coming out and making up his phony excuse. So they just wanted me to dance with them and all that. Just be like, I've, I never, like, I've never seen that type of dance. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, come out, say the video, be like, yeah, some hot big booty blonde was up on me. What the hell would you do? I was intoxicated. I, I had a few drinks. Well. Exactly. You know, like, don't 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 try to fib don't try to lie yeah. you can be you can come out because first of all when you lie like that that apology it it seems completely irrelevant it, it makes no difference to me whether he apologized or not you know he yeah. came out and said i apologize to my team and i apologize to my wife first of all you basically cheated on your wife you know second of all your team after losing you left it behind and stayed behind to try and yes do something like this so try to hook up with a hot young blonde yeah and and now obviously the 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 young girl's family which you know it's not her fault you know she's trying to have fun i'm not pointing fingers at anybody here i'm not blaming anybody i'm not casting any stones but now the young lady's family is coming out and saying that you know she's really distraught by this whole situation and she thinks that her job her job actually opened up an investigation where they thought that you know there might be a conflict here and she might actually even end up losing her job, which is pretty sad. 
uh, again, you have to be dumb to, to do this kind yeah. of stuff, especially this day and age. The, the disappointing thing is, you know, the Jacksonville hadn't won, but each game they had gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better to the point where they probably should have won that Bengals game. You know, that poor decision right before halftime to go for it instead of going up, you know, like 17, nothing. Uh, you end up getting nothing. It's 14. Then the defense breaks down in the second half. You know, the Jaguars were getting better and better. Lawrence played his best game on Thursday. And then you decide to be selfish. You know, don't go on the team playing. You know, go to Columbus, hang out, party, mix with a woman who's uh, pretty much uh, younger than your daughters, for God's sakes. You know, not to cast any stones there, but Dude, come on. And then to Wait come out. the offseason. Yeah. And then to come out and just try to pretend like there was nothing there. When we all have the tape, we can all see it. It's on YouTube on 500 different billion channels. It's on TikTok. It's on Twitter. Everybody's seen yeah. the videos. We know what went down. None of us are stupid. Uh, I think we've all been uh, young people at bars as well. So we know what happened. You know, so. It's just dumb. It's disappointing. You know, I wanted to take Jacksonville, and I just don't know how this is going to affect them. Uh, Julio Jones is going to be out. They said A.J. Brown probably is a go, but I don't know how healthy he is. Sort of gauging from the verbiage uh, of Mike Vrabel, it seems like he might be out there to try to keep the defense honest and not like they're going to be sending him on, you know, 50-yard uh, go routes at full sprints. Uh, you know, so I, I think we probably have to pass uh, as much as I want to take this Jacksonville team getting four and a half at home. Uh, but I'm not messing with it because I think there's a solid chance, um, you know, this Jacksonville team might lay down here. The only bonus is they're a young team, so they might play up to the competition. But, you know, now I'm wondering, uh, you know, I, I said last week, People should relax, let Urban get his gauge. But uh, with that video coming out, uh, you know. He, got, he, he heard you. Yeah. That was the problem. He heard, He got a little too relaxed. With the cons being sort of uh, as conservative as they are, they probably didn't love the look of this video. You know, if it's a couple bad weeks, it might be just a one of those mutual parting of ways and uh we reset this thing here so probably a pass overall uh but uh it, it i'm interested to see if this tennessee titans defense uh can at least uh maybe contain this uh jaguars offense uh you mentioned now dj shark uh got hurt in the game before uh so the jacksonville starting to lose receivers they're down two receivers now uh only chenault's uh left there uh, a little bit so jaguars a little bit reduced through the air a little bit uh but the run game has been coming uh but probably a pass overall we'll move on to the uh next game here uh new england patriots going to the houston texans uh texans coming off a uh terrible uh game in buffalo i, I don't think davis mills is the uh answer at quarterback I so. <laughs> uh, basically i think you could have put uh, a cone back there and they probably could have moved the ball uh better <laughs> uh, than they did uh new england coming off that uh tough loss to uh tampa bay uh, i wanted to get your opinion on the uh ending of that game you know 
New England was moving the ball pretty solidly. They were getting five, six, seven-yard passes off pretty easy there. It was a fourth and six, I believe. They chose to kick a 56-yard field goal in the pouring rain in New England uh, with Nick Folk, who I think has been kicking since you and I were children. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. Uh, I just know he's been around for a very, very long time. Uh, so, you know, that clearly is on the edge of his range in pouring rain outdoors in New England. I don't love that decision. Uh, what did you make of that decision? Do you think they should have gone for it, or do you just try to sneak that win? I'll be honest with you. I had no issue with it. And the reason why I had no issue with this is because nobody really thought that New England was going to be able to win this game, let alone stay competitive. I, like I said earlier, I thought the winners of this matchup were New England fans because they got a chance to see their hometown, their, not hometown hero, but their hero, their team hero, uh, who brought championships, not a championship, championships to, to the city. And, you know, they got to see their team be competitive. They were close. They were within, you know, striking distance to win that game. Uh, I, I get why they made that decision. Uh, I, I, They probably felt like there was no way they were going to win the game. And once they got to when they were within the game, they're like, let's not blow, let's, let's do what we, uh, I get it. You know, you look at the analytics and the analytics tell you differently, but uh, just from a standpoint of just like a regular fan, I, I, I can see where they came from. I see why people are upset, but I just, I would have done the same thing personally. Yeah. I just, I, I thought as the game played out, you know, I thought they were getting those five, six-yard passes pretty easy, and I thought they could have hit another one, especially with the depleted secondary at Tampa Bay. Mac Jones was in rhythm. I think he had just, you know, broken a, like, 16 for 16 streak in that game. And I, I just thought maybe you try to inch this a little closer. Now, you know, it, you know, folk did hit the – post on that so he was right there if you know it's a half inch you know more to the right he kicks a field goal they win the game nobody's saying anything so you know it, it's a toss-up I, I just thought with the game way the game that was playing out uh you know maybe try to get that get it a little closer you make that a 45 yarder you probably win that game and maybe that kicks off your season uh because now new england is one and three they should get this win. We'll talk about this game. Uh, minus nine, though. Uh, you probably can't convince me, as good as I thought Mac Jones looked, uh, to take a minus nine, uh, even if it is versus this very poor Texans team here. Yeah, uh, there's no way that I'm taking this. And I know that Mac Jones looked good, but he looked good against Richard Sherman and company. Yeah. You know, uh, that, so that's probably one of the reasons why he looked good. And, I mean – as far as trying to inch it closer to go for the win for that last game for the Patriots, listen, you know, you were going up against the defending champs, and I know that they haven't been, they haven't been playing as good as everybody expected them to be playing, but, you know, they have a lot of big names, big players. Big players make big plays and big moments, and it didn't get any bigger than that. Who's to say they wouldn't have got stopped, and then they're like, why didn't they try to, you know, win the game or kick the field goal? So, you know, there's both sides to every story. I, I think that they went the right route uh, personally. Uh, but as far as this game's concerned, yeah, I just – I'm not touching this game. Uh, I think the spread's too wide. I don't think that uh, what we saw last week from the Patriots is what we're going to get this week from the Patriots. And even though this Texans team has been pretty bad, um, 
defensively, I think at times they can play okay, uh, especially when they're going up against teams that aren't uh, considered elite offensively. Uh, so I think this might be a closer matchup than people think. Yeah, I, I do think it'll be a little bit closer than people think. I, I think the Patriots probably go back into their little bit of a conservative shell here. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Texans have to offer here because they don't really have another option behind Davis Mills. They aren't going to go out and sign, you know, a free agent like Cam Newton or something like that. Uh, that makes zero sense for this team who, you know, theoretically is sort of trying to lose games here. Uh, so they don't particularly, I, I think they were a little stunned at how good they were uh, to start the season when Tyrod Taylor uh, was their starting quarterback, but I don't think they want to be this bad with Davis Mills, but they don't have uh, much of an option there, but uh, you know, nine just seems too much, but uh, also on the other end of that, I'm not touching a nine uh, with this Texans team whose defense is porous and uh, now their offense really has nothing to offer here. The total 39 and a half, uh, two under forties, uh, <laughs> This week, uh, I think that shows you the trend of what the NFL has been this year. Whole lot of unders covering. The offense is way, way down from what it was a, a year ago. Uh, you know, some of that probably has to do with stadiums being filled, uh, you know, uh, more uh, penalties called and stuff like that, uh, you know, to set that back. So, uh, I, I just a pass on this game. Uh, this one's probably another dud that doesn't make it on the uh, TV uh, too much uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll make an appearance here and there on Red Zone, but uh, other than the wife watching it in the room, uh, I don't think I'll be tuning in much. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, you know, Damian Harris and that running back crew has been really disappointing for the Patriots here. I don't know if that's a sort of a – a thing with the offensive line that's been, I, I think, worse than we thought. I think we thought going in their offensive line would be one of their best things. It hasn't been. Do you think maybe uh, this is where the Patriots get that running game going a little bit? I mean, this is where you should get it going, you know, but even then, let's say they do get the running game going. You're talking about a lot of a very low scoring game with uh, probably a lot of uh, punts here and there uh, on both sides of the, of the field. So, I don't like this game. I think that they definitely need to focus a lot more on. I would personally cut the cut the uh, the umbilical cord and let uh, their young quarterback kind of start flinging. I know he doesn't have the weapons to really fling it too, but at some point you got to let him start to kind of at least get a feel for what it's like to just sling the ball out there. And you're not really winning games, and you're not really being competitive. So, I mean, if you're in a game, I get it. You know play a good balanced game. Bill Belichick is going to preach that, obviously. But, you know, bad games against bad teams, I think you got to let them develop and just go out there and just sling it. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, next up, Chicago Bears uh, coming off a solid win versus the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, though uh, their one offensive resource, David Montgomery, uh, got hurt, will not be playing for a while. And uh, that probably hurts them. The Las Vegas Raiders didn't have the magic Monday night versus uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that was probably the worst game they'd played, but uh, they'd been in a real uh, stretch there, uh, starting with Baltimore, going to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, then coming back home, playing Miami, then going to Los Angeles, playing that Chargers game. That's a hard sect here, uh, but the uh, total in this one, minus five and a half, gives me a little bit of pause. 
uh, even as bad as I think this Bears team is. Uh, total at 44 and a half. First half, three and a half for the Raiders. Total 22 in the first half. What do you make of this Bears-Raiders game here? You know, when I was looking at this particular matchup, I actually didn't, it, for some weird reason, I didn't hesitate much. I know it's a pretty big spread, and I know that they're coming off of a loss, but I like the Raiders at five and a half, minus five and a half. I think that this Bears offense, especially, you know, with the young quarterback in the back and Montgomery being hurt, I think this is really going to have them take a step back. And that defense has not been playing, you know, to the level they played last season. Even with the big names still there, they haven't really been uh, producing a lot of uh, pressures defensively. So I think this is one of those games where, you know, the Raiders come out and they just explode on offense the way they've been doing pretty much all season long. Um, especially if they get no no pushback from this Bears defense. I think this is going to be a pretty much easy game. Uh, the question here is that Raiders defense, can they do enough against a depleted Bears offense to really, you know, cause havoc and, and shut this team, shut this offense down? I think they can. So I kind of like the Raiders here at minus five and a half. Yeah, uh... I leaned that way, especially with Montgomery out. And you mentioned the Bears defense. You know, we talked about it. It looked like a good defensive game versus those Lions. But we mentioned those that those first three possessions for the Lions. Uh, they were down in the red zone three straight times. Uh, that game could have been 21, uh, you know, 14 uh, to start out right off the bat. Uh, but the Lions did not score. I don't foresee the Raiders uh, going to the uh, – red zone three straight times and not getting any points out of it. Uh, and with Montgomery out, uh, who they really leaned on, and uh, he looked really good in that game versus the Lions. I just don't think they'll have enough, but you mentioned it. Uh, it's sort of where you grade this Raiders defense. Uh, if they get pressure on fields, uh, which I think with their porous line, they will do. Uh, fields, you know, it's not a large margin, but his uh, passer rating under pressure is 13.5. Uh, that's not good. Uh, yeah. So I, I think if the Raiders get pressure, they did not last week uh, versus the Chargers, uh, but that's a very good Chargers offensive line. Uh, and uh, they had in the previous weeks. If they get pressure here, I think they could blow this game out. Uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll lean towards you on this one, and we'll take the Raiders uh, minus the five and a half in the, that one. All right, uh, we'll move on to our next game. The aforementioned Chargers, two and a half point favorites at home versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we talked a little bit about that Cleveland Browns-Minnesota matchup. Uh, this Cleveland Browns defense uh you know, it started out uh, porous. Now, some of that might be, you know, Chiefs, uh, you know, playing. And, uh, but the last two weeks, and it has looked lights out. Uh, and then you flip to the other side. The offense started out, uh, you know, great in the first half of that Chiefs game. And it seems like quarter by quarter of each game of the season, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, basically, all they have now is handoff to Chubb, handoff to Hunt, uh, swing pass to Hunt. Um, you know, they did come out with the uh, Baker Mayfield uh, partially torn labrum. Uh, I, you know, 
yeah, I, I, I'm a little dubious of that. That you, you get the injury report and then it's like, oh, he'll be fine. He's still going to play the whole season. I'm like, well, if that's the case, then he's not really that hurt, is he? If he's okay to play the rest of the season. So I think they were making a little bit of excuses why this offense isn't that explosive. Uh, but that defense is really something to come up against. You got the other side of the spectrum here. This Chargers team uh, really should be undefeated if they don't blow that Cowboys game with uh, bad red zone things. Uh, but they seem to do that every game. What do you make of this uh, Cleveland Chargers uh, matchup here? I think this is one of those matchups that I'm actually going to enjoy watching, but I'm not going to enjoy betting on. And, and it's because I like both teams. I think both teams are actually really tough. Um, now, I know that Cleveland has been falling off a little bit offensively, and defensively they haven't been exactly what we expected from them. But I think our expectations for them were so high that even playing at the level that they're playing now, they're still a good football team. Now, you have to take into account they've had some injuries, you know, with their key wide receivers. Uh, Odell Beckham came back off, obviously. But, you know, he's, he looks like he's not 100% yet. And Odell Beckham by himself is not going to put instill fears in defenses, you know. Not the way he used to, at least when he was with the Giants. Um, with all that being said, you know, I, I don't know which way I'm leaning on this game. I, I think that the Cleveland Browns defense can play better. Um, this Chargers team has been playing great. As you mentioned, if it wasn't for a few mistakes they made in that Cowboys game, you know, you're looking at an at undefeated Chargers team. And, you know, I had a lot of love for them last season. I really like Herbert. I thought that, you know, this is definitely their guy going forward. Um, he shows that he has all the tools. He's definitely got a lot, you know, going up upstairs in his head. Uh, he's a really smart guy. Um, and he's got some nice weapons also too. So that doesn't hurt. Uh, I think this, like I said, this is one of those games where I'm probably just going to sit back and, and enjoy watching this football game. Um, I, I think that if the Browns want to stay in this game and really have a shot at winning, they have to get more balance. Last year when they were really, a really a scary team to face off against is because they were so balanced on offense. Now, they did have, you know, their wide receivers back then, but it was all about the balance. You know, you had two really good running backs. They were basically pounding defenses into submission, and then when you least expected it, they come up to play action to, you know, one of those wide receivers that like to make big plays. So uh, I'm just, like I said, I'm just going to sit back, watch this game, and try and enjoy it. Uh, I don't think I want to put any action on this game because I don't really know which way I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, this is probably the best defense the Chargers team has come up against uh, defensively. So I want to see what that offense looks like versus a really, really uh, tough defense who probably can get pressure on Herbert. Now, uh, Herbert has been one of the best quarterbacks, uh, you know, QBR under pressure. Uh, but uh, we'll see when he gets real pressure. Even Clowney started to make some noise in that, uh, you know, Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, so if they can get those two uh, edge, Garrett and Clowney, humming on all cylinders. Uh, this could be an interesting matchup. And then I want to see what the Browns offense does. So I'm probably a pass overall totally on this game, uh, but it should be a really, really entertaining game to watch uh, overall in that one. All right, uh, we'll move on next to the New York Giants who got their first win of the season versus the Saints. Uh, uh, Barkley uh, started to look a little bit lively. Maybe he's starting to come into a little bit. Uh, you know, the receivers, while still it's an odd passing game, but at least they looked explosive a little bit more in this one. Uh, defense looked okay, so maybe the Giants finally starting to come around. Uh, I'm still not totally sold, uh, but uh, I, I'm going to 
tell you the Dallas Cowboys uh, last couple of weeks looked really, really good. The balance on offense is just great right now. Run, pass, hit the explosive play, grind them away with Elliott and Pollard. Uh, the line is mashing people. Uh, just love how that looks. And the defense uh, does not look just like they're going to give up explosive play after explosive play. Uh, they're getting turnovers, which, you know, they had been able to do uh, in years past, uh, but they're getting stops as well. So I really like this Cowboys team right now. The only thing I can say, you know, uh, they released Jalen Smith the other day, and I know that has to do more with next year's salary cap. Uh, but what I don't understand about it is why do you release him? Why not utilize him? You're paying him anyways. That's what I don't understand. And then you let him, yeah, of course, you know who he goes and signs with. Green Bay, who you are probably going to see in the playoff. So why are you letting a good defensive player go to someone who can come back and hurt you? You know, you saw what the Patriots did. They were going to release Gilmore, uh, but then they were like, well, okay, Carolina, give us a sixth round pick for him. You can have him. And Gilmore is not going to come back and hurt the New England Patriots unless somehow Carolina and New England are matching up in the Super Bowl. And uh, if you think that's going to happen, you should probably bet on that right now because I can tell you the odds of a New England-Carolina Super Bowl are very, very large. <laughs> uh, but that's what I don't understand. Why do you not just take, you know, a seventh-round pick for Jalen Smith, you know, ship him off to, you know, somebody who is not ship him to Pittsburgh, ship him to Cleveland, ship him to the Chargers, ship him to somebody you will not see. Uh, Because I can pretty much much guarantee you Cowboys Green Bay is a very highly likely matchup in a playoff game uh, this season. So it just seemed weird to do that. Either hold on to him. And I, I guess maybe you can say that they thought maybe he'd cause some, you know, disturbance in the locker room if he's not playing uh but i just don't get releasing and then letting him sign with one of your biggest contenders on the season that just seems like a poor decision uh so you could save salary cap space next year yeah i mean the move itself logically speaking makes no sense to me i tried to sit down and figure it out and I just couldn't understand it. I don't know. Also, like, what teams. if Parsons or uh, Van Der Esch, or Van Der Esch, who gets hurt every year, gets hurt? You're going to yeah. need him to play. It's it's not like like the Cowboys don't have a history of their middle linebackers getting hurt. Uh, you know, this has pretty much been a year and year out thing with them. But besides all that, I I think when when it comes to situations like this, I, what I really think is going on is something that's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. That's there what has I thought. to be because it just doesn't make sense that, like you said. You'd let him go, pay him, and allow him to go to another team. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, you at least, you know, get something in return, six-round picks and whatever it is. You know, now I know it doesn't happen often, but every now and then you do find a gem in those late rounds. And if you could get a guy like that for someone who was going to leave anyways, I mean, it's a win-win situation. I just don't understand it. You've already paid the guy. You're still going to pay him to play for another team that's potentially going to face off against you at some point. So it makes no sense. Uh, I, I will say that you are definitely more in love with the Cowboys right now than I am. Um, I, I do, you know, I'm definitely feeling your mojo, your vibe here with the Cowboys. I think they're a lot better than we've given them credit for and that people are giving them credit for. Offensively, we know that they're a powerhouse. You know, that Pollard and uh, that, that Pollard makes, you know, th- mixing them in there in the running game with Ezekiel, 
I think has been like a, a huge boost for that offense. Uh, it seems like it's made him more balanced. You know, you're not seeing as, as many big plays from the wide receivers, but uh, again, that's a good thing. And it's all due to the fact that you have really good chemistry on the ground game right now between Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So that defense, although they're not a shutdown defense, they can get stops, but they can definitely get turnovers. They're playmaking, ball hawking type of defense. Uh, and even the pass rush is getting better. So this is a scary team. Uh, if they keep progressing at the level that they're progressing right now, this is definitely a team that I wouldn't want to face off in the playoffs because they can, A, outscore you, or B, just outplay you. Um, and it's it's I, I think that for the Giants, you know, it's just probably a bad week to go up against this team, a team that's probably feeling their mojo right now and they're really high spirits. Uh, what was that line again? It was seven for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's kind of high. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's high too. I just, I, I'm scared to really grab the Giants just because I, I saw them play well last week. Uh, but, you know, I, I, if you ask me to take something, I take Giants plus seven in this one, especially since I thought I saw Saquon Barkley start to move a little bit like old Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon's definitely starting to find his rhythm again, which is probably a good thing if you're a New York Giants fan. Uh, because he's really the hum that's going to get that motor going. Um, and he's looking better. He's looking better. He's not quite there yet. He's not quite the safe one that, you know, we all saw prior to the injury, but he's he's starting to get there. And with all that being said, a divisional opponent, both teams, you know, seems like they're starting to find their way, find their identity. Uh, at seven points, I think it's a little too high. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to be a fun game if you're in a – if you're within that division, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, John, or even an Eagles Washington fan, uh, this is going to be a very telling game for that division and the way the division is going to stack up going forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only thing that sort of keeps me from pushing the Cowboys into that Tampa Rams uh, Packers category uh, is the coaching. Uh, Mike McCarthy is sort of the wart on uh, a pretty girl's face here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how you get around that situation because my guess is Kellen Moore is getting a head coaching job next year he pretty much had that Boise State job but Dallas paid him overly and you know I don't know if you want to lose Kellen Moore I know you probably can't fire Mike McCarthy in midseason uh as the Cowboys are doing well but uh you know I, I I'm just sitting here knowing that Dallas is going to get into a playoff game and uh, he's going to bumble something and that's going to cost him a game in the playoffs. That would be the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about putting him in that echelon category where I put the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, uh, you know, I'm putting them in uh, more a Arizona, Dallas, uh, probably not Seattle right now uh, with the quarterback situation, but uh, a sort of, I'm, you have my attention and I'm looking at you, but I don't know if you're quite at the level that can make a, a three game playoff run to win three playoff games in a row here. But uh, yeah, I, I'd lean giants plus seven, but I don't know if it's quite uh, something I want to grab onto yet. Yeah. Uh, really quick before you move on, I, I just want to say uh, Mike McCarthy is never a huge fan, um, but the more I've seen of him, especially since, his departure from Green Bay. I just don't think he's that good. And, <laughs> and uh, it's, 
uh, this you laugh because it's probably been obviously for a while, but I think that Aaron Rodgers has anyone really ever fired him. a coach at four and one and promoted the offensive coordinator? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's ever happened, but uh, you know, who knows? Uh, Can we find know. a video of him feeling up a large booty blonde? That might actually get him promoted. <laughs> well, that would help too. Then Kellen Moore takes over and he just sits in the Lux box with Joe. Yeah, they actually they actually are a good team then. Uh, all right, uh, we'll move on. We'll go to San Francisco at Arizona. Arizona is five-point favorites in this game. The total sits at 50 first half, total three and a half, uh, total 25 and a half. I have to say, good win by Arizona over the Rams. Uh, offense looked good. Uh, they didn't make mistakes. Uh, defense, uh, I'm still not totally sold on, but they do rush the passer. They are explosive, I will say that. Uh, San Francisco, tough loss for Seattle. Uh, you know, Jimmy G got hurt in that game. They're saying he's on track this week to play, uh, but it's, you know, uh, the they could be lying to us, and then we get Trey Lance in this one. Uh, but the more thing is uh, they're getting a couple running backs this week. Uh, I kind of like San Francisco getting the five in this one. I, I think this is where we see an Arizona drop, and I think uh, this is how this, uh, you know, NFC West. Uh, Niners lose a tough one to Seattle. Now they go to Arizona. They win a tough one there. Uh, I think five's too many points, but what do you make of this game? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really tough game. I think that a lot of people are too – uh, they're wearing rose-colored uh, glasses when they look at the Cardinals, and, and I understand why. They look super exciting when you watch them on tape. You know, the offense is a big, big playmaking type of offense. Um, and the defense, I actually like the defense more than you do. I think the Cardinal defense is actually sneak, sneakily good. Uh, they can get after the quarterback, and they have the ability to stay with wide receivers. Uh, they can be exposed but that pass rush is good enough to where it doesn't really expose them. So I like that Cardinals defense a little better than you do. It's the Cardinals offense that I, I have my reservations about. Um, now I will say this and coaching great game. Yeah. Though, also the though I will, I will admit uh, cliff coach, probably the best game I've ever seen him coach in that game. Rams yes. game. So, yes. you know, I'm not going to beat up on him this week. He, he coached a dynamite game in that one. No, and this is coming from a Rams fan. You know, they played a great game. You can't take anything away from them. You know, they, it was a complete team victory, both on offense and defense. That that offense is what scares me. Those that they're so dependent on those big plays. And I keep saying it week after week after week. You know, and this last week, every big play they attempted to hit. You know, and I think their biggest asset is the ability of Kyler Murray to escape pressure because he can escape pressure for a long period of time. He can run you back and forth, you know, uh, from one side of the hash lines to the other. And, and then he finds someone open and he makes a big play. Now they're very dependent on those plays, which is the scary part, but as long as they can keep them going uh, and, and not get sacked, then they'll be okay. Uh, but I, I'm more concerned about the offense and the defense. Now for San Francisco side of the ball, as you mentioned, they're getting some of the running backs back, which is really big. Uh, we said it before that they're a plug-and-play type of offense, but it seems like as you get lower and lower on that death chart when it comes to the running back position, um, that plug-and-play mentality doesn't really doesn't come into play. Um, I must say Trey Sermon, uh, very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, uh, very much so. Um, I, I, still, I still am one of those few people that believes that the San Francisco 49ers are better off uh, with uh, Lance learning – off the bench, maybe coming in for a few plays here and there. But I still think that they're better off letting him learn. I still think Jimmy G, it gives him the better chance to win. Yeah. Uh, and if he's healthy to go, 
I think this is going to be a much tougher game than people anticipate. I think the Niners can get after the Cardinals def- uh, defensively. I think they could slow that Cardinals offense down enough to where they they may make some mistakes and uh, keep this game close. Uh, I kind of like the Niners here, but um, with a tough divisional opponent like that, I, I don't know. As an NFC West person, I'm probably going to just sit back and watch this game. Uh, I don't know how much action I want to take on it, but if I had to pick, I'd probably lean towards the Niners just because they're getting points. Yeah, I'm leaning Niners here. Uh, I, I like that five. Uh, so we can either we can put that as our third mutual of the week, uh, Niners plus five uh, for this one, and uh, see if the Niners can uh, get the big road win here. Uh, I, I think this is a, a good game for them. I don't see the Niners losing three in a row here. Arizona sort of do uh, for a loss here. So uh, San Francisco uh, plus a five in this one. Uh, next up, uh, this one. I don't know if defense is going to be played, but I think it'll be entertaining. Uh, Buffalo Bills go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, coming off a pretty good win uh, versus the Eagles. They went on the road, got their first cover. I must say, uh, Sunday, I felt it. I took the Kansas City Chiefs minus a seven-road favorite, and I was rewarded. So they're now 2 12 and one overall against the spread uh, in their last uh, 15 games. So uh, after you talked me out of it, yes, I know I I'm a very bad person. Uh, I did at least text message you uh, uh, yes, on you Sunday, uh, but uh, after Chiefs, my bets were already in, yes. by the way, uh, I will also say uh, I had a fun one with the Buffalo bills. I, I, that's 17 and a half. I figured it was going to go one of two ways. Either they weren't going to show up uh, versus the uh, Texans and it was going to be a weird close game, or it was going to be a total blowout and the Texans weren't going to do anything. Uh, so I took an alternate line, Buffalo Bills, uh, minus 27 and a half, uh, plus wow. 160. Now, I don't know what's more disturbing that I took a 27 and a half and only got 160 in an NFL game, uh, or the fact that I covered it uh, rather easily had 45 to had nothing. Now, are you sure this was uh, the, this was the Bills and, and and not a college game, right? I am correct. Buffalo okay. Bills, 27 and a half plus 160. I got that one. Wow. Uh, they did get the shutout. Uh, they did cover the 27 and the 17 and a half point line. Uh, but uh, the Bills' margin of victory the last three weeks has uh, been disturbingly high. Uh, so. Chiefs coming off a big win. Offense sort of found its way. Uh, defense, I think we can still have question marks. Uh, Bill's defense has looked good, but it has not really played a good offense. I think that's where we start in this one. Uh, is anyone going to stop anyone in this game? You know, you might, 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 might catch it by surprise with this one, but I kind of like the Bills in this game. And I'll tell you why. When I look at both of these teams, both of these teams pose a big threat offensively, right? Yes. But the Chiefs haven't shown much in terms of defense so far this season. And even going back to last season, they, they showed they were susceptible defensively. You know, as long as you can offensively keep up with them, you have a good shot at winning this game. Um, and I think the Bills have enough defense to slow the Chiefs down enough. Not they're going to stop them, but slow them down enough to where the, the Bills offense can outscore them. Um, I think it's probably going to be a high-scoring matchup, but – I think the Chiefs are probably going to come out on top of this one. Sorry, the Chiefs. The Bills are going to come out on top of this one. I don't think the Chiefs are uh, – I think we we look at Patrick Mahomes. We look at Travis Kelsey. We look at, you know, 
Cheetah out on the outside, just burning past the, you know, the secondaries. And, and we just assume that they're this great team. And yeah, they are offensively. They're a really good team, but in terms of defense, they have no defense and, you know, it, it can become an Achilles heel as you've seen it so far this season. This is one of the reasons why they, within their own division, they're looking up at other teams because other teams are more well-rounded than they are. It doesn't matter how much offense you have. You can't outscore every single team in the NFL. Some teams have offense, some teams have defense, some teams have both. And unfortunately for them, I think the Bills are just slightly better uh, on defense than they are. And because of that, uh, we'll probably see a Bills win in this one. Yeah, I, I, I leaned uh, towards Bills getting the two and a half. Uh, the question mark is whether I think the Bills defense is legit uh, because they have played pretty poor offenses in all you know, four weeks, uh, you know, Steelers, Dolphins, Patriots, uh, you know, such and such. Uh, so I, I just don't think it's quite there. Uh, but uh, we'll see uh, this week. I did uh, like that total 56 and a half going over because I think this game is played easily in the 30s. Uh, I, I don't think either side is really going to be able to slow them down. Uh, but uh, if, what if we split the difference on our mutuals? We double up on this game. We take the total 56 and a half over, and we give you your bills uh, plus the two and a half in this one and uh, see if we can get a double up in this game. Okay, that works for me. All right, so uh, those are our five mutuals. We can discuss this last game uh, to see if we slot one of them out. Uh, my guess is we do not. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts go to the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens coming off a pretty easy win uh, versus the Denver Broncos. Offense uh, looked uh, okay in that one. Uh, Marquise Brown caught his couple deep shots. Ravens uh, move on. Defense finally looked pretty solid, but it was first Drew Locke after Teddy Bridgewater got concussed. Colts got uh, their first win of the season going down to Miami. I'd say looked okay, uh, but there was not much resistance on that side. Uh, Ravens minus six and a half. Total at 45 and a half, first half minus four, uh, total at 23. Uh, I was just a total pass on this game. I thought this line was too high uh, at six and a half. That just seems a lot uh, for this Ravens team, especially since I don't quite know what I'm getting from the Colts yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the Colts can come out and completely shock you defensively. You know, they, I don't think that offensively they're going to really, you know, keep people up at night, but. I think defensively they can turn it around on any given Sunday. And, you know, the Ravens have been improving. I think they've definitely found a more consistent trend uh, of offense, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and it's helped them out. As you mentioned, I don't know if this game turns out the way it did if uh, if Drew Locke doesn't come into the game at some point. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure where I stand with either team. Uh, you would think that by this point in the season that would – at least have some sort of sense of where they are. But it seems to me like both of these teams are going through certain transitions, Yeah, um, you know, whether it's injury-wise or just scheme-wise. Uh, and it just gets me to the point where I just don't know what I'm getting. So I, I'm going to stay away from this particular game. Yeah, I, I think Baltimore probably wins this game. Uh, but that number, I just have no feel on. Uh, this could be a blowout. Uh, this could be Ravens win by a field goal at the end. I just don't know what I'm getting from the Colts. I sort of know what I'm getting from the Ravens, but they've been a little all over the place as well. So uh, I was just a pass on this game. I was curious to see if I could watch it and get more of a gauge of what these teams are. I, I don't know if we're ever going to get a total gauge on the Colts till they get fully healthy. Uh, you know, 
They still didn't totally get that run game going in Miami. Uh, Wentz looked better, so maybe his ankles are healing a little bit. But uh, his ankles. <laughs> yes, I, his ankles. I'm sorry. That's not something to make fun of, but how do you hurt both ankles? Yeah. Uh, so I think this one's just a pass. But uh, we had our five. We're going with the Green Bay Packers minus three versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers minus three versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The San Francisco. Uh, I almost said Giants. I'm in baseball mode this year. Uh, the San Francisco. Dodgers, baby. Yes, I know. Uh, lovely that they uh, get to, I'm just going to say it. They have to play a play-in game when they finished 18 games above the team they played in play-in game. And now, uh, for some reason, the team that won 109 games is playing the team that won 106 games in a five-game series. Uh, yeah. Major League Baseball, uh, why don't you fix that a little bit? They, they should, They should. So, I mean, not to get off football here, but they should find a way to where they reseat things because – it doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. You're probably losing out of two of the best teams in this. They were the matchup. two best teams in all of baseball. Legit. I, I I'd want to drag that out as long as possible, and you know, hope that they meet up, you know, in the championships championship series. But uh, I I don't understand it. But you no, know, they'd rather have a Milwaukee San Francisco in it. Yeah, yeah, that's talk for another day. <laughs> but Let's uh, get back anyway. To San Francisco 49ers uh, plus the five versus the Arizona Cardinals, a double up Buffalo Bills plus the two and a half over the total of 56 and a half. So those are our five mutuals. Let's get into our individual picks for week five. I got six total picks in week five uh, for me. Uh, I, I will say we probably should start watching winning daily on a Sunday. I'll make sure to get those out. Because, uh, uh, my mind goes changing. through numerous changes, and then I send panic texts uh, to Achilles yeah. Rain uh, Sunday at about 11.30 uh, asking what the hell I should do. Yeah, I think I, I need to be involved in this because uh, I, I feel pretty confident about certain things, and then I'm like, Jesus, he changes picks, and it makes sense to me now. Why did I change mine? Uh, but, yeah, I think I, I, think I, I had uh, six picks. Well, sorry, I had seven picks. So you talked me out of the Falcons um, and the Rams. Obviously, we didn't get to record this till after the Rams game, uh, but I had the Rams at minus two and a half. I had a lot of player props in that game. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, woo! <laughs> he still got he still got a little gas left. Well, in the that's tank, I, that's what I went for. I went for uh, overage yardage total, but uh, I I wanted to make sure because I he always catches one pass for. Uh, <laughs> however many he's, yards he's one of those few players that can break a you know an over under in yards uh in a game in one catch yes definitely so all right so uh let's get to our picks uh i got six i'm going to start off with the new york jets plus the three in london this week uh just think the falcons uh without their receivers out there uh probably going to be uh hamstrung a little bit and i i think this jets defense probably of the four units on the field uh, is the only unit I can say is uh, somewhat uh, decent. So uh, I'm going to ride Jets uh, plus the three versus the Falcons in London. Now, look, I did. I don't have... think I can get a winning daily out by 9:30 a.m. when I uh, come off the Jets on Sunday morning. By the way, <laughs> now I, I will say this. Okay, I, I you had talked me out of the Falcons, uh, which had given me six picks, uh, but. You know what? You just talked me right back into the Falcons. I feel like we got to have some some action going on for this early game, uh, especially since 
you know, it's going to be the only game playing at that moment. We have to have something riding on it. So I'm going to take the Falcons minus three. All right. So we got a, a duel ahead of us in London here. I have Jets. You have Pal Falcons plus the three minus the three. Next up for me, I got the Green Bay Packers minus the three in the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm just going with best team here. Green Bay Packers, better team than the Bengals. They'll cover this three, I think. Yeah, and I'll match you. I actually have the Green Bay Packers, and I said it uh, as we were talking, uh, so we were doing our preview. Uh, I had them locked in as one of my picks, so Green Bay minus three also. All right, next up for me, Pittsburgh Steelers minus the one. Uh, we think Pittsburgh uh, finds a way to win this one. This one probably will be ugly and not a whole lot of fun to watch, but I think Pittsburgh at least comes away with a win here, so Pittsburgh minus one for me. Yeah, uh, mark me down for that one also. I have the Steelers at minus one. All right, uh, next up for me, Carolina Panthers minus the three over the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going Carolina Panthers minus three. McCaffrey back. Uh, I think this Carolina Panthers team much better than this Eagles team. Look for him to get back on track here at home. Carolina minus three. Okay, for my next one, I am taking the Raiders at minus five and a half. Who going Vegas style uh, here uh, with the Raiders uh, over Cleveland. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Chicago, I mean, not Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> same. You scared Midwest. me that for a second. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vegas Raiders over Chicago Bears at minus five and a half. Uh, I don't know if I would implore taking the Raiders minus five and a half over Cleveland. Yeah, I, listen, <laughs> yeah at that point, I, I'd be more concerned than I am now. So I made uh, an alternate line spread in the. <laughs> I'll combine the two games, and uh, if the Raiders score more than five and a half over uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns, I'll give it to you. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> All right, uh, next up for me, San Francisco 49ers plus a five over the uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, for me. Okay, I have three left. Uh, I'm taking the Titans at minus four and a half. Oh, my God. He's going with the Titans and the bad defense over at the uh, lady killers of the Jacksonville I love, Jaguars. I, I love <laughs> I Listen, I just had to after watching that video. I'm like, uh, excuse my language here. Not, not trying to be rude, but what a scumbag. That was the first thing that popped to mind when I saw that. Uh, oh, so anyways, please. Yeah. You're lucky they didn't have cell phones on you in the days of you and the L.A. Bart's. Those big booty hoes would have been all over you filling them up. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm happily married and I'm glad to because that's not my scene. I'm trying to get Achilles in trouble now. Uh, yeah, about no. his reminiscing on his old school bars days in LA. No, no, that, that's not going to. I was at home watching football, I was in a ball. <laughs> You were at the bar Saturday night, just like Urban. Uh, three sheets to the wind, and the ladies were dancing all up on you. All right, uh, next up for me, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm taking the over in this one, 56 and a half. That's my last pick of the week. Okay, for my last two picks, I am taking the under at 52 in the New York Giants and Dallas game. Mm, remember that one. Uh, and I'm also taking the under in the uh, Titans-Jacksonville game, which sits at 48 and a half. All right, lot writing on the uh, Tennessee Titans-Jacksonville Jaguars game. All right, be sure to follow us on Greenlight Network. You can like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. <laughs>
concerts. Yeah, no, uh, no more concerts. You don't want to miss those. I think Achilles is going to give us a concert uh, sometime <laughs> soon, uh, a solo uh, concert by that. Achilles Reign. Uh, anyway, any of our shows on Greenlight Network, so like and subscribe. We dropped our college football show on Wednesday. Uh, be sure to watch all that so you can get all our picks. Uh, be sure to watch Winning Daylight over the weekend uh, as I adjust my picks on the week. Uh, also, maybe Achilles Ray might adjust some of his picks on the week. I might have to. He's a little bit more stabilized than me. I'm more of a late game picker. He's more of a, a Monday uh, picker. Yeah. He, he's on there refreshing lines, waiting for him to pop up uh, <laughs> on that Monday. Uh, so uh, be sure Guilty. to like and subscribe. Do not miss any of our concert co- concerts. Jesus. <laughs> We've yeah, been, baby, our concerts. Yes, we've been recording for a long time here. Achilles, where can we find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show, and we're out.